Uh, yeah, so it's a silly video, but it, it really gets the point across. Um, well, I really got to like can. There's so many faces in here. Um, yeah, it, it's. I mean, that's that's the story of salvation of, you know, that our our lives are full of sin. Every single person, whether you're a good person or not, you know, whether you've done a lot of good or whether you've not. Um, we all have, you know, in that video, some red pages. We all have sin because we're all human. Um, so there's nothing that we can do to make us good enough to be able to, to spend eternity with God, um, except for having Jesus along with us. He pays our price. He, he, you know, he pays our debt. He takes away that, that bad folder and wipes it clean. And all, all that is shown is this is my son. This is my daughter. They're good enough now because of Jesus. Um, so why did why did Jesus die on the cross? To save our sins and to set an example. Yeah, exactly. For me, for you, 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 for each one of us. He came to earth to re- reunite us with God through the ultimate sacrifice of his own life. All right, so this coming week is Easter. Uh, we're entering the Easter season. A um, lot more to it than, you know, just another excuse to eat chocolate and Easter bunnies and, you know, all that fun stuff along with it, too. Um, but we're going to dig in to the whole Easter story. Um, so if you have your Bibles or your Bible app or, um, if anybody needs one, we can, we can get some. Yeah. Anybody need a Bible? I know. You all have to buy this Bible now because now there's three people in this group. Oh, wow. Which Bible is this? Yeah, I got Bibles in the car, man. All right, we're uh we're gonna be in John nineteen. Yes. <laughs> Look where I was just reading today. Oh, what page is that? In my Bible. Yeah. All right, page nine thirty. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> If if you have my Bible that says Ben Dorian on it, it is page uh, eight seventy nine. Mine is page sixteen six sixteen sixty seven. Oh, you got some bonus footage in there. <laughs> Editor's cut. <laughs> it's just large text. It's just large text. All right, we're gonna be starting in John nineteen verse seventeen. Uh, really sixteen and a half because they broke it up right there. Um, starting at the crucifixion. Um, and let's read through, let's just read that part up until verse 27. Somebody want to take that? 17 through 27? Yeah, I got it. All right. So leading up to this, um, we have, you know, Jesus. You know, we're, we're going to do this a little bit backwards between this week and next. So to, today we're going to be kind of looking at the um, crucifixion, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Um, next week we're going to be, spoiler alert, looking at communion and kind of tying it all together. Uh, which the communion, the Last Supper came before all of this, but um, that's how we're going to be looking at it right now. Um, so leading up to this, you know, we have the um, the Last Supper. We had a lot of other stuff. Um, Jesus was betrayed. He was arrested. He he stood, um, you know, in front of Pilate during his trial. Um, 
Pilate couldn't find any fault or crime or anything to punish him or sentence him. And he said, I, I don't find any fault with this man. And the people said, crucify him. And they said, he's guilty. He's, you know, he claimed to be God. And, and Pilate's like, are you God? And he's like, who do you say I am? And, you know, it goes on from there. And, you know, the people are outraged and, and the leading priests are, are shouting to get the crowd going, saying, crucify him, crucify him. They all go along with it. Pilate washes his hands of it, says, you know, do what you want, but I'm not having any part of this. Go ahead. Um, and uh, and so that's now now Jesus is sentenced to death um, by uh, the worst possible way that the Romans had invented of dying on the cross. Um, and that's where we're at now. So the crucifixion, go for it. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the sea. And it was written in Aramaic in Latin and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things, but standing by the cross of Jesus, where his mother, where his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Awesome. <laughs> All right, so we don't quite have the, uh, you know, his death yet. But he's, um, he's, he's going up on the cross. He has to carry his cross up to, to Golgotha. Um, and this is, this is also after he was beaten and whipped flogged just unimaginably amount like way more than any human should be able to um to endure um but he was he was beaten um and and tortured and and now he's carrying his cross up to to this place um what do you guys see going on so far just observations anything i just love the the first part of verse 17 when he's carrying his own cross. And um, that goes back to somewhere in early in the Gospels of him saying, take up your cross and mm. follow me. And it's just like, a, like take up your own cross and yeah. die with me and raise with, rise with me again. And spoiler alert, he rises from the dead. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I just love that, carrying his own cross. Mm. That's good. That's That's a good connection there. Yeah, you know, he's not just saying like, oh yeah, like do do this cool thing, like you know, it sounds cool to say like eat my flesh and pick up your own cross. Like, no, he's he's doing that too. He's not just telling you to do something 
you know, that he didn't do. He's saying, come and follow me, but like, follow me. Like I picked up a cross and I carried it to my death. You're going to do the same if you want to be my follower. I like that it's simple. The message is simple, you know, like, like what you just said, you're going to have to do this. There's not much complication. It's just obvious. You're mm -hmm. going to have to do this. Yeah. Yeah, for anybody asking, you know, a lot of times he, he spoke in parables and, you know, it's it's very clear and it, it was very literal of pick up your cross, carry it, follow me. And it's not like, it's like, but, but what does that mean? Like, like you're actually picking up a cross. Like, what do we do? It's like, lead a life that I led and you're going to be crucified. You know, it might not be crucified, but you're going to be hated for it. You know, he, he told them that as like a promise, like. Hey, if you follow me, you're going to be hated by the world. But there is great reward for that in heaven. Question, is there a reason why the, um, like Jesus of Nazareth was one of the Jews that was written in uh, three different... I think it's so that many can, can read it. Um, it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek so that many people could read it. <coughs> I think it was also because of the mix of the culture there. You had the, the Romans, and you had the the Jews, so you already got different languages there. And then I guess they really wanted to make a point whether, you know, he was doing it for humiliation or, you know, Pilate didn't really see any fault in him. And Pilate's wife was like, Look, I had a dream about him. Don't do this. Don't go, don't go through. I think he really is the son of God. <clears throat> and Pilate's like, look, like, I'm not getting involved with this. So, but Pilate didn't find any fault with him. So... You know, it's possible maybe Pilate really did believe, but he felt like he was trapped in his political state where he was at in charge. And, you know, he couldn't let a riot form because then Caesar would, you know, have Pilate killed for not controlling his people. Um, but he had it written in three languages. And um, I think that says something. Yeah. And, and it was for a lot of people to read it. And and the the priests weren't happy. Like, no, 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 no. We didn't say king of the Jews, right? Change it to, he says I'm the king of the Jews. And Pilate's like, nope. Mm-mm. Nope card. I, I put what I put there. We're going to leave it like that. I think that means he did. Sorry. I think that means he did believe. Yeah, it could. It, it doesn't say, and we won't know, ever know um, now, but he very well could have believed. himself even more of like you know he washed his hand or whatever but mm -hmm. like that sign could be another thing that he could have used to be like well i really didn't have anything to do with it like yeah you know you guys can think whatever i wrote whatever maybe that's his insurance policy yeah. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh, good questions there's one example here there are many others in john's gospel but of like referencing like old testament prophecy and how it becomes fulfilled, which I think is just like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Like yeah. even even something as simple as like what they do with his garments. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. The fact that that was prophesied hundreds, if not over a thousand years prior, of you're not even going to tear my clothes. It was seamless. It was <laughs> it was it was without flaw. There was no defect. It's like one piece. And the fact that even even down to the details like that, and we'll we'll see more of that in here as well. And all there's so many things. There are like tons of prophecies written hundreds and thousands of years before Jesus was born that were all fulfilled. Everything from um, 
Palm Sunday, which was yesterday. You know, yesterday, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus rode in on a donkey, not on a horse, which shows, you know, power and victory, um, which is what they were hoping for, a, mil- a military power savior to come and, and save them from the Romans. No, he came in on a donkey, which was prophesied that hope come riding in on a donkey, um, which is also humbling because horses are so much more efficient and cooler. But he chose a humble donkey, you know. What does a donkey represent? Do you know? Uh, Great question. I I do remember learning that even like kings would ride on a donkey in times of peace and not a horse in times of war, and that's about all I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember learning that as a little kid. Okay. So don't trust that information a hundred. That sounds about right. I, I know it's a way of like just humbling yourself and yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Good stuff. And we want to read from uh, 28 to 37. This is the death of Jesus. This is what would have happened on if we're following the timeline. Yesterday was Palm Sunday. <laughs> Yesterday, Jesus rode in on the donkeys. They're all laying down palms on the ground saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means save us now. So death of Jesus would be this coming Friday. Good Friday. And we want to read this part. Go for it. Did you want to read? No, go ahead. 28 to 37. The death of Jesus. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished, and to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the spirit. It was the day of preparation, and the Jewish leaders didn't want the bodies hanging there the next day which was the Sabbath, and a very special Sabbath, because it was Passover week. So they asked Pilate to hasten their deaths, or hasten their deaths, by ordering that their legs be broken. Then their bodies could be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two men crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead, so they didn't break his legs. One of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water flowed out. This report is from an eyewitness with an accurate account. He speaks the truth so that you also may continue to believe. These things happened in fulfillment of the scriptures that say, not one of his bones will be broken, and they will look on the one they pierced. Awesome. Yeah, there's there's more prophecy being fulfilled. The fact that they're like, hey, let's get this over with. Let's hurry this up. All right, quick, break everybody's bones to just speed in the process of them dying. And then by the time they do that to the other two men, Jesus had already given up his spirit. Um, and that fulfilled the prophecy of of it of the scriptures writing before that not one of his bones will be broken. And they'll look on the one they pierced. Another account, uh, I don't remember if it's um, Matthew, Mark, or Luke, where they they then pierce his side and, and water and blood come out separated. Um which when you actually scientifically you look at the, the amount of pain that a person would adore, endure on the cross, the water would separate. I don't know what the scientific, I don't remember the scientific reason behind that, but water would come out first and then the blood or, or however it went down, which is just something else to prove historically. The fact that they show that immediately blood and water flowed out and that you can prove that 2,000 years later with science of the, the pain and the stress that it would separate like that. So... What do you guys see going on here? 
questions, comments, observations? So my Bible says he released his spirit. I don't know, for me that really kind of just like, like shows a lot because when we read about the descension of the spirit onto the earth, you know, saying that God sent the spirit and then he's like sending it back up mm. and back out. And I think that's like a great conclusion even more so than sports to read that. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't, you know, they didn't take his life at that moment. He released his spirit mm -hmm. saying it is finished. And then he bowed his head and released his spirit. What do you guys think about those other three words? I'm thirsty. I was going to mention that, that it's kind of, um, he's all beat up. He's up on the cross and then he's still like, he's still fulfilling the, um, the scripture, and so he says he's thirsty, even through everything that he's that he's up there with all the pain, and he's still he's still following his father's orders. So mm -hmm. That's just that's strange. And then to your point, I was gonna say that Jesus played his role to a T. Like there was not one detail that he left out, not one thing that wasn't like missed or overlooked or changed or anything. Like he knew what his mission was, which is why like. He knew his mission was now finished and to fulfill scripture. So for our benefit and for the benefit of any believer who's going to read through the Old Testament up until this point and like read the Bible and really like grasp the knowledge and what it has for you. Like he fulfilled every prophecy, every piece of scripture. He was the answer for it. Um, which is just really cool. Yeah. There are seven Old Testament references in just these mm -hmm. passages. Yeah, it, it, oh, go ahead. Just a quick thing about the scientific facts. <coughs> so we have these tiny little things in our lungs called capillaries, and they are responsible for um, the us inhaling oxygen and then exhaling carbon dioxide and whatever. So um, in the on the cross, you have a hard time exhaling. So the amount of carbon dioxide that's like accumulating in you causes damage into the tissues of your organs and then that um, makes water to start to leak out mm -hmm. so that's where like the water and the blood gets um, separated uh, um, I also think it's interesting because you with the four different gospels you get four different interpretations of what they um, of the details that they remember and so John in his example he's like yep yeah, because to fulfill the scriptures, he asks for the wine, but then in Matthew 27, 34, it says, They offered him wine to drink mixed with gall, but when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they crucified it, they divided his garments among and cast in lots. And so he continues to give um, different details, and it's, it's really interesting what sticks out to each person mm -hmm. that was there. Which book was that one? Matthew, chapter 27, verse 34. Yeah, I really, I really like that because you know some people look at that people who who don't know the Bible and you know atheists or other people who'll look at it and say the Bible contradicts itself; it doesn't match up. And it's well, these are these are you know just in the gospel; these are different accounts written by different right. people, and they lined up one hundred percent. 
It'd be like if four people took a test and got the exact same answers right and wrong all the way down. You know that something was going on there. But things, everything points to the same direction, but everybody's human. And it's all their account. It's not that, hey, this person said Jesus died and this person said Jesus didn't die. It's not it's not that kind of differences. It's, you know, if if we're all in this room tonight and we all leave and, you know, someone from the outside asked all 18 of us, hey, what, what did Ben talk about last night? What did McCabe sing about last night? You all have 18 different perspectives and be like, oh, well, we sang this song and that. Yeah, I think that was it. And someone else would be like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we sang A and B and, and C. And someone else would be like, oh, yeah, we sang B and C and a little bit of D. And it's it's different accounts of the same occurrence, yeah. um, which is really cool. Lee Strobel actually talks about that in his book, The Case for Christ, because hmm. he started writing a book as an atheist who's a forensic uh, analyzer of some kind. He used to analyze people's stories. <laughs> and he started writing a book as an atheist on why the Bible is wrong by going through the four disciple accounts. And he's like, actually, these line up really, really well. <laughs> <laughs> he converted to Christianity. So, that's yeah. great. It's the best. It's like CSU. Yeah, um, you, you see correlations here to uh, Psalm 22, um, which parts of it say, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Which in another account, Jesus said that as he's you know, on the cross, God, why have you forsaken me? Um, and then we also see um, in Psalm 22, verse uh, 14, My life is poured out like water, and my bones are all out of joint. Uh, and then where he's thirsty, when he says, I'm thirsty, my strength has dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid me out in the dust and left me for dead. Enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. They've pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. And it's just crazy how that was written so much earlier to these events and exactly every every prophecy everything that was foretold came true because it's all it's all god i think that was a song david wrote about himself what part the one psalm 22 was, wasn't it a song that david wrote about himself so he uh, <coughs> pierced by transgression is that what you just said i'm sorry <laughs> yeah I, I think that it was. Uh, it, it is David writing by himself, yeah. but the correlation is yeah. it was on purpose. To, to and like, yeah. oh, like yeah, Jesus yeah. is part of the once. Davidic line. Yeah, it's, and the it's, double, like it's the double meaning yeah. aspect of it. So maybe he didn't like consciously intend for it to be that way, but because it was a prophecy, he, mm -hmm. he wrote it one day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna change it up. I'm gonna show the next video now. <coughs> this one is not as lighthearted. Um, this is a, a little clip from the Passion of the Christ. It is hard to watch. This is the crucifixion series. Right here, Christian. Do it right here. I'll catch it. I'll catch it. 
This is the Christmas This is fairly Christmas graphic, so if you are sensitive to that type of stuff, <laughs> you may want to. Okay. <laughs> Just as a heads up. All right, we're not. All right, lights out. coming well. down. But this is actually astoundingly accurate. Wait, give that back, though. It's, it's what? Give that back. What? I'm a few sick. Okay. I mean, but I will probably also cry. All right. So, <laughs> okay. uh, again, it is it is graphic. You don't have to, you know, keep your eyes locked on it or keep your eyes open. There's no judgment if you don't. Like it's it's hard it's hard to watch. I'm not gonna lie. If you haven't seen it, if you have, you know what's in store. Um, but I I think you know going along with the Easter story, there's you know nothing more um, relatable than to to see the suffering to see what he endured um, for us. Remember that he did this so that we didn't have to have this for us. Um, go for it. You can hit space bar. Feel free to move if you want.
again. I just noticed the cross is not there. Seeing <laughs> <laughs> borrowed. Lights coming on. Happy Easter, guys. You know what's crazy? That we call this good. Good Friday. That happened, and that's good. Why do we do that? Your spirits are beautiful. Hmm? Well, I can kind of see spirits sometimes. Even though she's an actress, their spirits, the humbling heart is beautiful. I know they're actors, but I get a sense. I'm also an empath, so because it's just, it's what had to be done. God followed, or Jesus followed God, so mm -hmm. good in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's great for us. We get salvation. We don't have to have that happen to us. I'd say that's a pretty good deal for me. I'd say that's a pretty good deal. That That horrible... The ultimate way of humiliation and death and pain and suffering, the ugliest thing on the face of the earth, is turned into something beautiful, something good, something that we choose. How many people have a cross on their on their body right now? We tattoo it on ourselves. We have necklaces, you know, bracelets. You know, we don't we don't have nooses, and we don't have. Well, some people might have gun necklaces, but I don't think anybody has guns and knives as yeah, necklaces. Uh, we don't have exactly. We don't have guillotines. We don't we don't parade them around. We don't say, "Yeah, look at this." Oh, I like your guillotine necklace. No, you know, it's <laughs> it's it's still something ugly. It's still something treacherous. Um, but Jesus took something horrible, something terrible, something as excruciating as the cross and turn into, um, you know, what, what he did on it is something that's good, something that's beautiful, something that's, you know, that was needed. I think, believe it or not, he was more hurt um, by the fact that these people didn't love him because he knew it's a short time he's going to be in wherever he was, whether he was in actual hell or just dead. Yeah. He knew what was going to happen, but they didn't. And he, you could almost see on his face, and again, I know it's an actor, but you could see on his face that he wanted them to understand who he was. And what was, what were some of the words that he was saying as they were nailing him on the cross? You know, forgive them, Father, they don't know. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What does that say? As he's being nailed to the cross, he's saying, forgive these people. Forgive the ones who are nailing it into my hands right now, God. What does that show about who Jesus is? His love and his God. His God is love. Connectedness. I think it just shows he's a great he's a person of great sacrifice that we could never understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The 
I think it's I think it's hard. I think seeing that really helps to to get the point across. I know some of you guys were here last year, a lot of you were not. <coughs> every, every sin that we've ever committed, every time we, you know, think, say, or do anything that, that we shouldn't, is, is putting that nail into Jesus' hands. And we're the ones nailing him to the cross there. Galatians 5.24 Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. I'll, I'm going to read that again. Galatians 5.24 Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. So this is an invitation to come nail your sinful desires and passions to the cross. There's no pressure obligation. It's just a, just an open invitation to. This is just a. This is just a visual to really help. To really show, you know, we read it, we see it, then we we think about it. This is just a, a simple action to I know it's a lot, I know it's heavy. If anybody else wants to, they're welcome to. Yeah, there's no pressure, it's just a 
one of my favorite, um, not one of my favorite um, scripture in, in the Bible is Second Corinthians five seventeen. In Christ, I'm a new creation. The old has gone. The new has. The old has gone. The new has come. And to me, that's a constant reminder that no matter what, in Christ, and as terrible as what He endured here, in Christ, I'm a new creation. You know, I can I come up here and, and nail my my sins to the cross. You know, I don't have to do this. The action doesn't set me free. But in Christ, being in Christ, having Jesus as my Savior, for what he did for us, that I'm made new. Anybody else want to nail to the cross? Just as a symbolic. Go for it. <laughs> I was kind of shy before. <laughs> you know what? No, no, it's okay. Go for it. No, it's okay. I already did it. <laughs> I know, I know it's been deep and it's been heavy. Um, this is also a time for, for joy and celebration that, you know, Jesus knew what he was coming here for. He knew what he was doing. He wasn't, he wasn't shocked or surprised like, wait, God, you want me to do what? I thought you just wanted me to heal people. No, he knew what he was doing before he even came to earth. He knew what he had to endure. He's still 100% man and 100% God. He still had pain. And you can see the agony you know, just from that, just from that film. Um, but it's also a time for for joy and celebration, and that's that's why we celebrate Easter, you know, more than just the the Easter bunny and um, getting candy and you know getting your family who doesn't go to church to go to church that week. Um, it's time for celebration, guys. We have eternal life. We can have eternal life. We don't. We don't have. To- yeah, we don't have to to die this way because someone else did on our behalf. That's a joyous thing. Anybody else?
Anybody else? Thanks guys for taking part of that. Sorry, I'm not sick. I have Tourette's just if anyone is wondering why I'm coughing over here. Right no worries. Just because I know COVID, I don't want anyone to be scared. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a I think it's a fun is my word that I use for it, but I think it's a fun demonstration to really um, I don't know, nail the point across. I was just going for one pun, I, the other one came. So what happened on that cross? I think a, a lot more than just what we see in that film with him. Obviously, the um, like the physical pain of being hung on a cross, we can never really imagine that. But um, he didn't only go through that, but he went through the separation from the Father. Like he had, can you hear me? <laughs> he had the weight of like all of our sin up there. He was just like physical, like he had all of our sin, like what we deserved, and he had all of, all of that all at once on that cross, and it wasn't like it's just so much more than what we'd see, you know? Yeah. Amen. So I've definitely shared this story with some of you, um, but a while back I I had the uh, opportunity to portray Jesus on the stage for a passion play. Um, and there's so many different things we could go into, but one thing that really stuck with me that I like to share when I get the opportunity is you know, when they put the cross up and you're always there, normally the stage lights blind out, the audience can't see anything besides the first two rows, but going up on the cross, not only did I see all the actors on the stage, but I saw everyone in the audience, and the revelation was given to me that that's what he saw. It mm. wasn't just the Romans. It wasn't just the disciples. It was like everyone. It was Caleb. Yeah. It was Lily. He saw you, and he'd do it over and over if you were the only person mm. in that audience. And it, you know, blew me away on the cross that Christian, night. I was good until then. <laughs> 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 
it's you okay. Know, absolutely, if it was just you, we'd still go through everything that we witnessed. Just for you. It's beautiful. That's, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> it goes back to my very first question I asked. Why did Jesus die on the cross? For me. Why? Why for me? What did I do? Exactly. Simply because of that. Because he loves us. There's no conditions. There's no strings attached. There's not, oh, he loves you because you did this. No. He loves you. Period. I think we all kind of need to be reminded of that sometimes, right? And yeah. It kind of like, you said like he loves you, period, really brings me back to the very beginning when we watched the first video. And it's like, he loves you regardless of the amount of bad things you've done or gone through and the amount of good things where we can never be good enough for him. And he loves us just as much as he would regardless. Mm -hmm. As each one of us is up here hammering the nail into his hand, he says, I love you. I love you. I forgive you. As as each one of us go about our lives and we sin and, you know, we say, oh, God, I think you're saying to do this. Mm, okay. <laughs> he still loves us. And it's crazy. Doesn't make any sense at all. Some things that I see that happen on the cross. The everlasting covenant of grace was fully fulfilled. Um, Hebrews 13.10. Uh, you can turn there if you want. You don't have to. Hebrews 13.10. That's probably one of your favorite books. It's about coffee. Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews 13.10 says... We have an altar from which the priests in the tabernacle have no... What? <laughs> I mean, that is what it says, but... What is it again? Well, he doesn't know. That's not... What was it? What was so the nature? Nobody. It was really no. good. No. What was it supposed to say? Oh. I'm not sure. I didn't write down the whole verse. <laughs> um, good thing I have two verses for that point there. <laughs> huh? Verse 12? Is that what I'm looking for? I don't think that's what I was going for, though. Anyway, let's look at Romans. Guys, what happened on the cross? Let's look at Romans 3. <laughs> Uh, Romans 3.19. I hope this is the right one this time. My goodness. Okay, yeah, this, this one makes more sense here. Alright, uh, we're in uh, Romans 3, um, from verse 19 to 26. I'll read this here. Obviously, the law applies to those whom it was given. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. 
For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. All right, so let's just stop right there. The problem is, we cannot be made right. You can follow the laws, but the laws aren't there to be made right. The laws are there to show you what you're doing wrong, to show you that we are sinful. So what's the question? I'm going to read first from 21. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. And the answer to that. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he declares sinners to be right in his sight when he believed in Jesus, when they believe in Jesus. So I heard it said actually yesterday at church, which ties into this, of if Jesus were to have just said, hey, you cannot be made right. You've sinned and there's no way that you can join me in heaven. I mean, that's not even unfair. That's, I mean, that's a pretty fair thing. God is holy and he's set apart and heaven is perfect. There can't be sin or, or imperfection there. So if you sin, you can't enter. That's a pretty fair statement. But if God were to have just created that and that's it for us, well, that sucks for us. It's like a loophole. Right? Jesus is There's, a loophole in the, in the rule. Essentially. <laughs> God created a way. That's what he called it here. God created a way. He didn't just say, hey, you sinned. Sucks for you. You're doomed to hell for all eternity. He said, no, I've created a way. He is the way. He's the only way to enter heaven. I believe Galatians 2.19. Maybe that's what I was going for. <laughs> Oh, I was looking in I thought it was Hebrews, but you maybe. were looking in Hebrews, but it says, "For Go through for the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God." You're very I well. Crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Um, and now the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself up for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. One other, another thing I see that happened on the cross, and McCabe, we are all worshiping about this today. Death was defeated. Can I hear a woohoo for that? Death was defeated. <laughs> Death was defeated, guys. Uh, actually, we're in Romans. So, Romans 2.23. Romans 2.23 and 24. 
Now I'm, I'm so anxious that like every time I'm like, oh, I got the wrong one again. Um, oh my gosh, did I? <laughs> I think I did again. Wow. What? <laughs> what happened? Uh, thirteen ten. I don't think. I don't think that one's. <laughs> wow. Uh, stand by. Okay. It's closer. Okay. Let's look at Revelation. <laughs> Revelation one eighteen. You don't have to turn there. <laughs> Revelation one eighteen says, "This is Jesus speaking." <laughs> Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died. But look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. You know, Jesus raised people from the dead. They would eventually die again. Jesus is the only one who didn't die again. Yes, I know. There was someone who raised up. I forget about that. But Jesus was the only one who death could not Take. Death couldn't take him back. Because he's God. He defeated death. Death has no hold on him. Because he didn't sin. He didn't sin. He's perfect. He's not. He's not bound by sin. Um. This this will um, I think I'll kind of end it with this, and this will kind of tie it in with next week. Um. You won't need as many tissues next week. Um, so I mean, no, no promise. I don't know that actually. You don't know Caitlin. I, I, I might share a wrong verse again, and it might make you cry. I don't know. Um, to go along with death being defeated, um, leading up to, and this is what we'll talk about. What had happened prior to all this next week? Um, Passover with with um, the Last Supper, um, with celebrating Passover. The Israelites would cover their doorposts with the blood of the lamb, a blood of an innocent one-year-old male lamb, no defect, no flaw, no blemish, nothing, a perfect lamb. The Israelites would cover their doorposts, the top and the sides with it, and the angel of death no longer had authority to enter and do harm to anybody in that household. Only those covered by the blood of the innocent lamb were saved. Those who were not covered by the blood of the Lamb lost the life of their firstborn son. And Jesus is that Jesus is that Lamb. Jesus is the Passover Lamb, as it says in John one twenty nine. Um, that one is actually the right verse. I know that one. Um, John the Baptist was saying, "Look, here comes the Lamb of God." And then he says again a few verses later, "The Lamb of God." <laughs> Jesus is that Lamb. Jesus is that perfect sacrifice. That. No blemish, no defect, no flaw, just perfect lamb. And his blood covers us, and death no longer has authority over us. And that whole thing is Jesus having that right during during the time of celebrating Passover. And that's when he's crucified. And it's all just in, in perfect God's timing of death no longer has authority over this household because the blood of an innocent lamb was poured out over this household. The blood of the lamb covers this household. Death, you cannot touch this. 
and death passes by. So the, the blood of the lamb is, I, I can't enter there. It has no authority. And it's the same thing for us. The blood of Jesus is covered in us and death will come by and be like, oh, nope, blood of Jesus is there. I, I can't even touch it. I don't even have authority over there. And then move on to the next one. Nope, blood of, blood of Jesus is all on that one. I, I can't touch that. And I think it's just a beautiful thing of the, the correlation um, and just what Jesus did there. Um, the last thing, my goodness, I want to look this up. Yes, go for it. That's just really interesting because I, I had this thought while you were talking like a few minutes ago. And it's like, eh, it doesn't really have anything to do with it. So I like didn't say anything. But then you said two things that is directly to what I was thinking. So okay. I say it. When I was going to say on Revelation, um, part of the thing, obviously in Revelation, it's Jesus coming back. And anything that's not covered by the blood of Christ is... Uh, like demolished you know the whole world is covered you know the, the ocean turns to blood and all this crazy stuff and it's a it can be a really scary <coughs> book to read if you don't understand the hope mm -hmm. that it is but um ultimately everything that's not covered by the blood of christ everybody who's not saved but like that image just of like covered by the blood of christ like what you're saying about the the lamb the the perfect lamb like putting it on your front door and that house is covered and it's the, like the blood of the lamb and it's like saved from the death, the angel of death, or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, so it's the same thing in like the book of Revelation. When Jesus comes back, anything that's not holy, none of us are holy. We're not holy. This world isn't holy. This whole world doesn't deserve to see or know God at all. But because of the blood of Christ, we do. We, we are chosen to know him and be covered in that blood. So even even before Jesus comes back, when we die, like we have, we are chosen to see heaven. We are chosen by God, and, and we're covered in that blood which is like, we just don't deserve it. There's nothing we can do to deserve that. But it's just that same image of just like being covered by the blood hmm. of Christ. And it's just, it's just so humbling to like know that that's us. He did that on the cross for us. Yeah, that's awesome. And we're covered by the blood. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Um, last thing of what I see, and there's a lot that happened on the cross, but last thing I'll hit on, gives us hope, gives us faith. This is the foundation of our core beliefs as Christians. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, 12. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 12. This is speaking about the resurrection of the dead. But tell me this. Since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying that there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then we're all preaching, then all our preaching is useless. And your faith is useless. And we as apostles would all be lying out, be lying about God. For we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. Very repetitive. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. And if you are still guilty, and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, in that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope is in Christ, if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. It keeps going on from there. Oh, um, uh, yeah, one more verse, bonus verse. Two more verses. So you see, just as death came into this world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because of all, because we all belong to Adam, 
Everyone who believes in Christ will be given new life. I'll end it there. Otherwise, I'll keep reading until Revelation. Um, Bye, guys. Thanks for coming. Final thought. I mean, there's a lot we spoke about the, you know, the death, crucifixion, the resurrection of Jesus here. Um, and we kind of looked at what happened on the cross. We got to nail our, our sinful desires to the cross. What would you do if Jesus walked into the room right now in the flesh? What would you do if Jesus walked into the room right now? If he walked in through that door right now, Jesus in the flesh walked in here. I think I'd be on my face. Yeah, on the floor. Yeah, on my face. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that's how I, don't I would think be I'd awesome. see much of Jesus, to yeah. be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be like you see like freaking out like <laughs> hit the deck moment. Starstruck. <laughs> yep. Larry from VeggieTales. Yeah, literally. Yeah. But then I think about like the chosen that make that show mm-hmm. and Jesus and the chosen and like I don't know how he comes, but if he comes like that, I can't imagine, like, not running up and just a giant hug. You know, at the same yeah. time, like, what Jesus are we talking about? Are we talking about the one that does descend in glory and full, like, glowing face that Moses couldn't even look on? And, like, are we talking, like, Jesus in a polo walking through your backyard, like... <laughs> Wanting to sit in on Bible study and be like, wow, Ben, like, well done, good and faithful servant. And, you know, we're all here sitting. Big chill. Like, (laughs) I just, I don't know. I can't answer that question because I have no idea. T-shirt that says Jesus. (laughs) Right. Imagine that's what we see. It must be him. His shirt says Jesus. (laughs) Very interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was something that just kind of came to me yesterday. It's, it's also crazy to think that like he is here though, like he is here now, like maybe not in flesh, but he is here and he he does see you preaching or teaching us and he does see us listening and being here. Like he he is here. Yeah. I just thought it'd be cool to maybe end it as though he is here right now, and just to take a minute or two of reflection you can get down on your face and knees if you want and you know just be on the ground you know in reverence and in, in whatever in peace and fear i whatever you want to do um you know, i just want to lay at the cro- lay at the foot of the cross whatever you want to do if jesus were here right now which he is exactly he is here right now Just take a few minutes. There's there's no agenda here other than just to worship because he's worth it.
another minute. God, we thank you for this, this good time that we celebrate. This time of Easter, let it not be lost in everything that the world has tell us what to think about it. Help us to remember every day, not just during this season, not just during spring, not just during these months, um, not just during Easter. Help us to remember every day, every week, every month, every second what you did on that cross. Let us not take it for granted or only think about it once or twice a year, but to remember every day that you chose willingly. You had zero need to. We do. But you chose to pick up a cross that you didn't deserve and be nailed to it simply for me, simply for us personally. Even if there was no one else in the world and we were the only one, you would do it again. Help us to remember that and not lose that. Help us to cling to you and not let go. Because that's what you've done with us. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you for what you did there. Thank you for what it means for me, for each one of us, that we get to be saved. And the least that we can do is give our lives to you because you deserve it. Thank you, Lord, for this evening, for each person that came out here, God. Thank you for using me to to speak your word. Thank you for speaking through me. And just pray for blessings over everybody this week and keep us safe and healthy. And to be able to take this message and, and spread it. Because that's what we're supposed to do. Help us to share this with friends, co-workers, family, uh, people out on the street, person at the store, our waiters, our Starbucks barista, everybody that we encounter. Because this message is the only thing we're sharing. Thank you, God. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I don't know for sure, but I think it's nine to seven. Um, oh, everybody has counted but me, apparently. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, cool. it was nine to seven. Now it's nine. Well, it's it, still... it was ten to eight. Yeah, oh, nine to seven. Could I propose oh, yeah, that some seven. evening the girls do move though? Because I like to move. We can move our bodies I mean, down no, here. No, no, we're good. We can. <laughs> we should go up. There's more seats. Yeah, there's not seats right now. There's more seats. Oh, right right uh, that's true. We should go. Yeah, bye. Yeah, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back.